Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. And this is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by the hardest working person in all of sports infotainment, Denise Salcedo. How's it going, Denise? Happy Friday. Glad to be here. Yeah, you and me both. Uh, let's get into this show itself because we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. We've also got a Patreon mailbag and a messy finale to this show. Here it is. Little Miss Domestic Goddess, Denise Salcedo. How's it going, Denise? I'm Little Miss Domestic Goddess. I was like, where is he going with this? When you said Little Miss Domestic, I was like, where is, what, what is he talking about? Um, yes, I am now Little Miss Domestic Goddess, um, cleaning my house, doing my little little lady duties here. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I so hate we're like doing this stuff. People must think it's like, oh man, they must have the coolest conversations when they're off there because they just like talk about what they're doing <laughs> on the weekend and stuff. Me and Denise, like our conversation was just like, I've done so much housework this week. I had the day off yesterday. I fixed my strimmer because it needed <laughs> it needed reblading. That's what I did with my day off and I mowed the lawn. <laughs> and mine is, I can't wait to get a vacuum because I got to clean my rugs. That is really sad, you know, like you would, yeah, you would think that would be like, oh, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Oh, this was really cool. I can't believe. No, we're here having a boring conversation <laughs> about cleaning our houses. Oh, man, that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing this Saturday. I told I, you, I'm cleaning you, my yeah, studio. So now that's, everybody that's knows. <laughs> you know what? What can I say? Like you, you can't, you, it, I always say you got to have the best of both worlds. All right. So I'm working all the time. Well, I also got to do my, my house, my, I call my housewife stuff, even though I'm not even a housewife, but I got to do my housewife work or my little lady work. <laughs> Right, well, let's get into this show because uh, yesterday a, um, a WWE writer by the name of um, Kenny Smobley, I, I apologize if I've said that name wrong. I think that is how it's said, though. Um, I could very well be wrong. It was a writer that I don't think anyone had ever heard of. Absolutely no one 
had heard of this writer within WWE, but she caused up quite the stir on social media yesterday because she did an interview with a podcast called Asian Not Asian. Um, turns out she's a WWE writer and they were asking her about being a WWE writer. And here's what she had to say. Yes, I've just been hired by WWE. Given the things that you know about me in my entire life and what I'm into, that is surprising. It's also a surprise for me. They did not require me to know anything about wrestling, but I do have a background in film production and comedy writing. They're like, perfect, come on in. So I'm on the Monday Night Raw team. There's a Monday Night Raw team and a Friday Night Smackdown. And the people I know there are Bobby... His name is either Bobby Ashley or Bobby Lashley. And I really should know that. Wait, like this giant quote? This is from the quote. He's like this big giant black guy and he's with these people who are part of his crew. I know that they're called, or at least they were called last year. They call themselves the Hurt Business. The Hurt Business. They wear suits and they're like, we're cool. That was, uh, so that is um, a WWE writer's quote about the product that they're currently writing for where they could not name the WWE champion. I am like shocked right now, honestly. <laughs> Because, like, I hadn't read, like, the entire quote. Like, I only, like, knew about the story. I didn't read the quote. And now I'm just thinking it is a million times worse than yeah. I expected. <gasps> do you think somebody brought this to her attention? Because I would imagine oh, well. you do this at your job. Like, even if it's your job is, like, some random, like, little job, like, you would still get in trouble for something like this. So this comes in from Dave Meltzer in today's Wrestling Observer newsletter because apparently – it did cause a bit of a stir. So this is from uh, this week's Observer um, talking about this quote. It said, this got a lot of criticism outside of WWE about hiring someone as a writer who knows nothing about wrestling. I mean, there is good and bad in it, but more bad. The reality is the people in charge and choose the direction and angles. Um, sorry, the reality is there are people in charge who choose the directions and angles and the writers are just there to fill in words and give ideas. This turned into a fairly big thing backstage, heavily talked about on social media, but also noted among those on the inside. Mobley was under the gun for speaking publicly on subjects that WWE didn't want talked about. One person very close to the situation noted the negative reaction on this and said that she is not the only one in this situation. And actually, it's typical of many of the writers. They were embarrassed by this going public. It makes WWE to the outside world look blindingly stupid. And blindingly stupid is a direct quote. It is so bad. Like, here's the thing. Okay, so like... I understand that like sometimes you want to get people that are maybe outside the wrestling world to, you know, to, to write your shows. Okay. I get that because, you know, there are very creative people out there that can maybe come up with some cool things, you know, having an outsider's perspective could be great. Honestly, I could see the pros in that, but I always do think that you should have like a mixture of like maybe people that know, know the product, maybe have had some experience and then, you know, you know, sprinkle in a couple of people that could just bring like the creative aspect of things, you know, like, okay, Okay, somebody's got the wrestling portion down. All right, cool. Somebody else can bring in the, you know, the creative or whatever. And it just sounds really bad, though. The part about Bobby Lashley, the way that she described him, and she's just like, I don't even know his name. It's like, why? I don't even know. It just doesn't seem like something that you would want to say. Like, I feel like if you, if I was working for a company, I would at least pretend like I knew 
what I was doing. Maybe I would, I just, I feel like it's very obvious that you would get in trouble for a quote like that because it sounds terrible. Like she could have just said like, oh, I wasn't required to understand product knowledge, but the reason behind this is because, you know, they want to, you know, get more creative. They want to get some inspiration from some of the work that I did on projects like blah, blah, blah. You know, like she could have definitely said something along those lines, but instead completely buried her new employer, which I could only imagine is going to get her some, you know, people that are going to be there going to be like embarrassed but Luke so I actually kind of have like a little kind of a story for you so okay um I think it was about maybe it was prior a couple months prior to the pandemic so my school my college that I went to Cal State Fullerton they essentially did this award ceremony and basically it was like for um Latinos who had done stuff like in communications and I was basically accepting an award so when I accepted the award I you know I mentioned some of my work that I do you know covering wrestling I mentioned WWE and and all of that right so afterwards uh there was a caterer and uh he I was getting some dessert and he goes up to me and he's like hey so like you know I I I was hearing your your speech when you talked about you know wrestling and WWE and then he goes did you know that I used to be a writer for them? And I was like, what now? Yeah, the caterer. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, like I used to write for them, this and that. And he was telling me about this. And I just thought, well, that is so random. And like, basically, like, yeah, he knew like, you know, some stuff about wrestling, but it wasn't anything that like, you know, not like this extensive knowledge or anything like that, but he ended up like only doing it for a short period of time and then decided to leave because he just didn't like the job. And I just thought, what a freaking small world that like (laughs) the caterer was a writer for WWE and like here he is, you know, catering this event. I just thought it was like insane small world. And we've actually had a comment here from CG that says, hey, Denise of the fellow Titan tusks up. Is that your yeah. is that your school catchphrase? Yeah, but I had no school spirit, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Denise. Um, yeah, like WWE bringing in writers from the outside world, uh, outside of wrestling, that is, is not an uncommon thing. Like this is what they've been doing this for years and years and years. Tw- like you know, probably fifteen plus years at this point. You remember, like Freddie Prince Jr. was a writer on the because they brought him in because he came in from Hollywood difference is freddie prince jr was also a wrestling fan like he came in because he was a wrestling fan but you know like uh, but he's also someone that comes in from hollywood and wwe don't make wrestling shows they make movies so what better way to make movies than to bring in people who have worked on movies or worked on tv shows to be part of your writing stuff and as dave pointed out there like really the creative direction is being done by pritchard it's being done by vince it's being done by sort of like that inner circle the writers are just there to write the promo segments and just sort of write what they say in ring so this writer here like not knowing anything about wrestling prior to working there isn't the biggest boo-boo in the world because she's just there to do a job but with that said like if I was hired to write Game of Thrones, I was, I was like, it's called like John Blow or John Doe or something. I don't really know. Like I would, I, I think that I would be quite rightfully criticized for not knowing one of the lead characters' names. But see, it's like the same thing. Like I hate to, you know, beat on a dead horse right now, but like the whole situation with Adnan Verk, he didn't follow the product and the guy was put in this prime position. And I'm sorry, like a lot of people were like, oh, you know, poor him. He got thrown into the spot blah 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 okay i'm sorry but i don't know anything about you know i don't know tennis or 
basketball. I'm not going to go and apply to talk about these things when I don't know anything about it. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Or at the very least, if you were hired to like, right, you know, to be a a, a presenter for tennis, you'd probably watch a couple of tennis matches ahead of time. Yes, thank you. I'd probably ask somebody to script me. I'd be like, yo, script (laughs) me here, man. Tell me what to say. Give me some bullet points. I'm a fast learner. you You watch two episodes of Raw and Bobby Lashley's there. Like, so you're going to know that name. That is true. I feel like that's, I mean, he's the champion. If he was just like a nobody, then I'd be like, okay, so she messed up so-and-so's name, whatever, no big deal. But yeah, that's really bad because it also makes, it also like lessens your champion when your own writer doesn't even know the name of the champion. I think it's just bad. It's just bad all around. We were talking about this in our morning meeting today because it just came up in conversation. We were talking about this. And um, I said, why is it always Lashley as well? Because do you remember when Donald Trump had a Lashley representing for WrestleMania? And then he did that interview and couldn't remember his name either. And I'm like, why is it? What is it with Bobby Lashley's name that people can't remember? It's it's a, it's, a, it's not exactly the most exciting name in the world either. It's a fairly easy one. You know, what's weird is that Bobby Lashley has been a topic of discussion in my life like the last 48 hours, like in random situations. So you have this story coming out, right? So yesterday I auditioned for this like job, right? To be like some shopping host thing. And the girl that auditioned me was like, oh yeah, like, because she was asking me like, oh, what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. And I told her what I do. And she was like, oh, she's like, oh yeah, the wrestling stuff. She's like, one of my clients was Bobby Lashley. And I was like, what? (laughs) And she's like, yeah, you know how he does the home renovation stuff, blah, blah, blah. She's like, yeah, I used to work with him. And I was like, oh, that is so random. And apparently the woman's husband is a fan of WWE and watches the show and watches Raw and, you know, watches Bobby Lashley. And then we come on here and we're talking about Bobby. Okay, I'm sorry. It's just like every, you know, when little things happen and it's kind of like the theme for like the next few days. Bobby Lashley is the theme of my life for the next 48 hours. There was some. I, I didn't include all of this in the Observer stuff, but I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on this. Um, and it, like Melter goes into quite a bit of detail, this, which I thought was very interesting, which is talking about how they bring in writers to write promos for people. And one of the things that a lot of like ex-WWE stars have said when they've left is, man, doing the promos is so hard because they give you 20,000 words and you've then got to like learn all of those words. And it's really, and like it is, you've got to learn it to the letter. There is no painting outside of the lines. You have to do this to the letter. And what has been shown by AEW and wrestling companies around the world is when you don't script promos, you tend to find you get a lot more character out of promos. We actually saw it at WrestleMania this year when we had the storm and like they were like, oh man, we need to fill for time. Drew, cut a promo for 30 seconds. Kevin Owens, cut a promo for 45 seconds. Hype up your match. And they were cut, like, these were the best promos that we heard all this year. It's all the stuff that's been cut out of the replay. Like it's not on the network now, which is a shame. But, um, Meltzer notes that it's if WWE changed their ways, despite the fact that everyone has proven it's not the way to do it, to change their ways would be to admit they've been doing it wrong for 20 years. So that is why they'll never change their ways and they'll always do scripted promos. See, and I think like I agree with that just because like it's maybe like a pride thing. And I think we know that they have, you know, pride. But here's the thing, though, is that WWE is really good at rewriting history. So they could be like, oh, well, we're trying this new way that's never been done before. (laughs) And we're going to be the first to do it. And this is what we're going to go with. Come on. They could easily do that. And it won't even be like something that they haven't done before. (laughs) 
Uh, we put this question out on the community poll to see what you all thought of this. Uh, basically, asked the simple question that we've got here. Do WWE writers need to know about wrestling uh, in order to work there? Unsurprisingly, 89% of the poll uh, thought that yes, that they should do. 4% thinking no, and only 7% thinking not really. So... Yeah, I suppose like, you know, we just to kind of wrap this up, although I think you kind of put it a bit quite succinctly early on. Do you think that a writer needs to know about wrestling in order to work for the company? I would say, oh, I have to answer like just one. No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, you, you can you can put it into a discussion point. You can you can. Uh, okay, well, see, I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. I think that you should have a mixture. I think you should have people that know wrestling, understand wrestling, uh, and then secondly, have people that are creative or find people that are both creative and knowledgeable. I mean, I'm sure they're out there. There's how many people in this world? You're telling me you can't find one very very creative wrestling fan that can write, you know, some product for you. I mean, I just feel like. I don't know. I feel like it would be an obvious answer. Yes, you have to know the product. I'm not going to go write for Ghostbusters tomorrow or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't even know all their turtles' names. I'd be like the woman. I'd be like Michael something, Raffi something. <laughs> I know. I'm, I know. Um, we there have been some people who have come to our defense. Uh, our own Louis Dangor, although he is leaving us. Our own Louis Dangor was saying, like, you know what? You don't need to know everything about wrestling. Like, maybe she's doing it. Like, she's brought into write comedy. And I was like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's a fairly decent point problem is the show's not funny either like if she's been brought into right comedy the show ain't the show is failing on that front too you know what this reminds me of like the whole bailey interview the one where she accidentally revealed that like they pay for their own travel i feel like it was oh one of those God. things that like you don't realize you're just having a casual conversation and then you re you reveal this bombshell by accident and you're like oops uh oh man i i the woman the poor woman who was interviewing her was just like sorry what and she's she like, was yeah, doing her job. yeah, I know she was. I'm like, but Bailey's rationale for that was so funny. It's just like, I mean, there's 30 of us, they can't pay for all of us. I was like, get a bus, like, just get a big bus to try. Can you imagine, Luke? Come on, how would you answer that as a WWE superstar? Let's say you're on your way to getting a big push and you know that you're, you know, you're being tested here doing this interview. How do you answer that? What? I mean, do you know what? Actually, there was um, Shayna Baszler did an interview recently where people were asking, someone asked her about the Alexa Bliss storyline. And that's like, that's, you know, that's some rocky, that's some rocky terrain that you've got to navigate there because you're in one of the biggest storylines on Raw against one of the biggest, most pushed stars on Raw in a very, very divisive angle that has really split like the wrestling audience. And Shayna Baszler answered it with aplomb. She put over her mixed martial arts background. She put over her training and how she was taught in a very old school way. You know, this is what I did with uh, this, the, this person, this person. And like she was mentioning, like name dropping all of these people. And to be like, to essentially say in so many words, I'm going to paraphrase what she said, was I want to show that I can do everything. I've been a badass. I did the badass thing in NXT and I did that really well. I can't just do that all the time. Doing this allows me to show some range. And it's, I affect in a way, like if you read between the lines, what she said was, I think this is stupid. And the people who trained me would tell me that this is stupid because I come from a very old school mentality of you, you can't beat them in the ring. Then you will make them people believe you can beat them in the streets. But I do also need to show people that I can do everything. So I'm doing this. And that was a pretty smart answer, really. Good for her. Good girl. She passed the Denise media training course. <laughs>
<laughs> well, that's it because I mean, you did such a good job the other week where I was like, oh man, I I, should, I didn't take any notes down. I can't remember. I don't know what I'm supposed to Look, answer. Next this. time you're I... going into an interview, you're about to be interviewed for something. Come to my course. I will prepare you in case you get those, you know, crazy questions and you don't know how to answer them. <laughs> I mean, if, if fingers crossed, I won't have to. Oh my gosh, did you watch life. the Dark Side of the Ring, China? Oh, the Vice documentary. I don't think it was Dark Side of the Ring, was it? Was it just like it's called or like was, Vice Versa? No, it something? was it was Dark Side of the Ring. Right? Was it Dark? I thought it was. A, I thought it was a different documentary. But either way, no, I haven't the seen China it. one. Did you watch it? I haven't seen it. No, was it good? Wow. Oh, okay, so like there was a moment where, and I hadn't seen this before, and I was just in like shock because I'm not a Howard Stern fan. I don't know anything about Howard Stern. Like I don't really know anything about that. So there was a moment where like Triple H went on to the Howard Stern and they show this clip on there where they basically, you know, they're talking about his relationship with Stephanie and then with no, sorry, with China and then with Stephanie. And then they start saying like, oh, well, like they start making comparisons about China being masculine and Stephanie being more feminine. And I forget like the direct question that he asked him, but it was something along the lines of like, oh, so like, you know, Stephanie's more feminine than, you know, China was so masculine, putting him on the spot like that. And I was like, what the hell? Apparently this is what Howard Stern is known for. But I was oh, like yeah. in shock that like, can you imagine somebody asking somebody something like that? Like today, like, oh, well, you used to be with someone who's masculine and now you're with someone who's feminine. Like, that's terrible. I was in the shock. Howard way, the Howard Stern way. Like I discovered Howard Stern through the movie. Actually, he had like a biopic movie that he made himself called Private Parts. And that, that was my, like, I, did, I thought it was a comedy character at first. I thought it was a made-up character for this thing. So Howard Stern wasn't really much of a thing over here. Um, but yeah, and then, like, so that was where I learned him from. And there was a really, there's a line in there that always sticks out with me, which is when he's on the radio station and the station that he's on absolutely hates him because he keeps doing things, like, that are mad on air, like, you know, giving a woman an orgasm live on air and all this sort of stuff, right? So like, the, the station were, like, super mad at him and wanted to kick him off the air. But he was getting killer ratings. And... One of the like the studio like the uh, radio executives is like, why does he keep getting good ratings? And it's like, well, we polled half the audience want to see what he's going to do next. He's like, well, what about the people that hate him? It's like, honestly, they want to see what he's going to do next. Like, they are the like, the people who hated him listen to it more because they want to see what they were going to be angry about in the next segments. That is just wild. Yeah, I had no idea. And I was freaking out about it. My fiance was watching with me. He's like, Denise, that's what he's known for. And I was like, uh, yeah, well, nobody say, yeah. told me this. Like, I've never watched Howard Stern in my life. So this is like yeah. completely new. I was just in shock. I was like, how do you answer that? <laughs> like, I really don't know. I mean, I mean, you had the right reaction there. Shock. Because he was a shock jock. That's what he was there to do. Is basically go on there and be like, how am is I going to shock people? He's no. still a thing, right? I think he's got his own radio station, I think. Oh, like, okay. I think it's, I think like, maybe he's like behind a paywall or something. I don't really know. Like, it, as I said, he's not really much. He's yeah. never really been a thing over here. Oh, okay. um, oh there you go. Howard Stern is on Sirius XM, maybe. I don't okay, know. so he's still doing his. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. I wonder oh. if he's still doing like outlandish questions like that. I think if that's what your gimmick is, it'd be like if Jerry Springer did a show today and it's like, but I'm not going to have people fight. And I'm not going to like, you know, bring in someone to be like, my dog's my husband. Like, no one, like you know, it's actually just going to do a really serious talk show. I, don't really... I mean, have they really ever had an episode where your dog's the husband? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I would watch that. See, I would sit there and I would watch that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we used to have a show here that was basically like it was our British version of um, Jerry Springer called Jeremy Kyle. I don't know if he's still on anymore, <laughs> but he used to do that sort of thing. Jeremy, Jeremy Kyle. Kyle. Jeremy Kyle. Yeah, Je the Jeremy Kyle show. And it would be things like, <laughs> oh, man, my stepdad's actually my brother. And, you know, all this sort of like 
like oh, it was like crazy like funny stuff that was actually the first job i ever applied for out of university was to work on one of those shows and oh my god yeah like had i got that job as well that would have completely changed like the trajectory of my uh the rest of my career um but yeah it was working for trisha it was another one of like um uh these sorts of like chat show host type things and it was just like i was like going through like you know us you know like finding those sorts of magazines people magazine and finding those sorts of stories contacting them to then bring them onto the show so they can like air their grievances and stuff oh no i'm glad that you didn't like move forward in that direction you would have been some like reality tv boy oh, I exactly that's exactly what i've fallen into oh, that sounds awful <laughs> we, i think we could do a podcast like an entire podcast on jobs that we've applied to <laughs> boy do i have some stories I actually know someone who went on Jeremy Kyle. Oh, really? It's, um, yeah, it's actually a, a good friend of mine's. Their brother went on the show because his girlfriend accused him of cheating on her. And he was like, I, I didn't. And so Jeremy Kyle used to do this thing called the lie detector test where you go and you do a lie detector test. And he was like, I'll even go on Jeremy Kyle and do the lie detector test. And she was like, okay, then. So she signed them up for the show. He went on there. Dude was lying and got completely caught out on television as well as he because he was cheating on his girlfriend. I'm like, why did you agree to do it? Like, why did you, like, you knew you were going to get caught. Why would you agree to do it? I mean, you can say that he's applying those attributes in his real life. If he's, he, he knew he was going to get caught, he got caught cheating. He got caught on the show. Yeah, And you know what? Got paid to go on the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, anyway, right, let's get into what you have to say about the main topic of conversation, which isn't Jerry Springer or Jeremy Kyle. It's about this, <laughs> this uh, do you need to be a, uh, a, know the product to be a writer? Charles Berg says, I know Bobby Ashley wasn't, uh, Bobby Ashley wasn't the only wrong name that writer said. I'm just going to preface this, Denise, this is a joke. So just so you know, Wait, this isn't, oh. this isn't. I was like, who else did she mess up? These aren't real names. I found a few more names that were deleted from the interview. The Python, Andy Thornton, Tribe Guy, Ramen Runs, Damien the Rabbi, the US Champer, Shameless, and Apple Cruise. Take care, everyone. (laughs) You know, I'm glad you warned me because I would have been like, what? What? (laughs) I would have been like, what? Did she really say this? This is Why didn't you mention this earlier? Uh, Eternal Blue said, WWE doesn't even know what the second letter in their name is. If I if it wasn't too famous to separate it from itself, Vince would slaughter the W into a meat wrap. But this story didn't surprise me, personally. Vince has hated wrestling for 50 years. Well, I mean, I think we all remember the Paul Heyman promo where it's like, wrestling's a nasty word. <laughs> it is, yeah. Death to sports entertainment. Right, let's get into your Patreon mailbag questions. Now, usually I would go into my spiel here where I would say, if you want to submit a question to the Patreon mailbag, but we're having a change of format, everyone. So you change off this month. This is going to be our last Patreon mailbag. A post has gone up on uh, Patreon, at least. It, I, I think it should have done. I, that That might not be the case, actually. I think I might have forgot to uh, tell Pete to sort this out. Um, but basically, we, are, we decided that this show... The Patreon mailbag, when it gets to this section, like the viewership kind of dives off a little bit in the replay because really, patrons don't really like, if you're not a patron, you don't really care about this segment because it's usually just questions about friends or turtles and things like that. So, me and Denise are getting a second show for Patreon backers only, where once a month we are going to answer your Patreon mailbag questions. But the format of the show is going to change next week. Still going to be me and Denise, but we're going to have a third guest host with us every single week talking about the biggest week in news and making more of a roundtable discussion. So, um, yeah, we think this should be, uh, we think we're really excited for this. We think it's going to be a really positive change. Also, me and Denise gets to do a second show together. Also, Denise, it'll be a second show that doesn't need to be filtered out. You can swear on that one as well. Woo! So bring <laughs> on the patron questions to that show. I'm excited. Hopefully our show does good. You know, the last thing I want to do is bomb, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> no, Denise, you you bring the numbers. Sean Dunn said, who do you think is the most buried talent in wrestling at the moment? Is it Bray Wyatt? Uh, Denise, since you're great with the baseball bat, are you now the new Sting? I was going to say I'm great with a baseball bat. When did this happen? Oh, yeah. So, like, I got to go on set and, like, do, like, action, like, recreate action moves from, like, the movie Nobody. But a bunch of people thought that I was acting in a movie. And I was like, I'll just let the people think that. Whatever. <laughs> so I did I think you were doing a film. You thought the same thing too? I did indeed, yeah. I don't know why everybody thought that. I figured everybody would just guess, like, oh, she is probably like doing some press event or something. Cause they always do those types of things, you know, like invite people to do this in honor of this movie and that and blah, blah, blah. And so I thought everybody knew. But anyway, so Luke, I will tell you something. Ever since that day, I feel like I am opening myself up more 
to try new things because that was like something that like, you know, I, I thought I was cool, but you know, there's a lot of things you think are cool, but you never actually do. And that day I felt like, I felt like Halle Berry or I felt like some like stunt actors. Like I felt so good that day. Like I got trained. Then I got to go like literally like on set and they had like all of these like professional like people that you know how like movie sets are always like a thousand people there. And I was so scared. I walked in and I was like, I told the girl, I was like, all these people are going to watch me do this. And she's like, yeah. and I was like, oh no. I was like, this is really scary. And then like, it ended up being really great. And afterwards I thought to myself, man, I'm holding myself back. I should put myself out there more. I've been auditioning more. Like my whole life has changed. Wow. Open yourself up to possibilities, everybody. That's the, I will that's say, the thing. I will say, I watched the full video. Uh, oh, you like, did? You had, you. Uh, like with your whole like presenting and everything. And I said to my wife, and I was like, Denise is a pro, man. Like she's like she gets it. Like, One take. So, it looked it. I was like, I was like, I, I said to my, I said to my wife, guarantee. I, went, I couldn't stop. Like I had just done all these trainings. I was like moving a lot. I was like, man, I had the energy up. I was so sweaty. I tried to wipe my face off. I was like, no, she's a pro. Speaking of pros, True Heel Heat is in the chat. Hey, SP3. Speaking of potential third guest hosts on the show. Um, uh, so anyway, um, uh, who do you think is the most buried talent in wrestling at the moment? Uh, do you know what? Like, I don't think it's bright. And like, buried is such a, it's a hard, it's a loaded word. It's hard to find like who an actual buried talent is. Because there might be talent that's just like, man, they're not really getting the push that they deserve. But there's not a lot of talents that I think are being actively buried on television i'm gonna go with drew gulak and the reason for that is he got a rose up his butt <laughs> how do you come back from that yeah it's hard to come back from that but like i don't think it's getting he's just an enhancement yeah. guy like he's not getting buried for like there's no like reason for him getting buried so i don't yeah i don't know about that one i don't think there is anyone on tv at the moment that is being actively buried i don't think so i feel like drew gulak's still a good shout he got <laughs> a rose in his butt he did. Uh, Jonathan Hedman said, good appropriate time of the day. Piggybacking off a question from last week. Who is the best Batman and why is it Kevin Conroy? Great question, Jonathan. Um, I think like the the obvious answer is to go with Conroy. Um, I am an Adam West Batman fan, though. I adore the 66 uh, show and the movie uh, that goes with it. I love it so, so much. I It's actually, I think... The only Batman like film I have is, or like the only stuff of Batman I don't have any. I don't think I have either of the Keaton ones or the Clooney or Kilmore or any of the Dark Knight stuff. I don't have any of that on DVD and Blu-ray. I have the complete Adam West collection because that show rules. But I think if I'm going live action, my answer is going to be Keaton. Who's your favorite Batman? Which one's the one that comes out in Dark Knight Rises with Heath Ledger? Uh, that that, that's Christian Bale. Then I vote Christian Bale because that's the only one I've seen besides the one with Katie Holmes. <laughs> Yeah, which was also Christian Bale. Oh, um, okay. Well, there you go. Christian Bale's my answer. It was Christian Bale in all three of those movies. Oh, uh, I, yeah, I, uh, I did not like Christian Bale's Batman. I thought he was a very good Bruce Wayne, but I did not. I thought his Batman voice was too silly. It just I just think he's the greatest Batman Batman I've ever seen. Yeah, well, it could, that'll, that'll help. Um, Lawrence said, uh, I saw a video recently that said, Europeans don't like the taste of American chocolates. Uh, you guys are a Brit and American on this panel, so I'll ask, is there any truth to this? Oh, Lawrence. 
Oh, we Lawrence. covered this. Oh, me and Denise did a whole series on this like last year. It felt like it was a long running thing. You and I just always chatting about like American chocolates and stuff on the podcast version. Um, that was actually what sent that that led to you sending me all of those sweets and stuff uh, for my for Christmas last year. And though I didn't send you any chocolate though, because I was afraid no, it would melt. <laughs> Well, that's it. Yeah, you were told. You were told by your partner. I was like, dude, it will not last. It yeah, last I was like, well. okay, but you sent yours, and yours definitely lasts. Like, there is not one melted chocolate in there. No, I knew they would last. I took the risk. You took the risk, uh, and it paid off. Yeah, uh, but to answer your question in short terms, yes, it is true because Hershey's tastes like butt. <laughs> Ricardo says, uh, I believe I have pinpointed a crucial difference in tag team philosophy. To AEW, tag is a division. To WWE, tag teams is a match stipulation. Do you think this is accurate? No, I don't think so. I just don't think that they necessarily will A, have enough tag teams and B, have the passion to tell a great story with the tag team division. Yeah, I think it's just the like apparently Arn Anderson, and in fact, I'd say apparently, um, I listened to this episode of Arn Anderson on his podcast. When he was talking about, like, you know, why Vince doesn't like tag team wrestling, he said one of the reasons why tag teams like struggle to get over in WWE is that you've got to buy two plane tickets. Like, it's, it's cheaper to, to fly one singles person because. Oh, you mean literally? Act. I thought this was a yeah. metaphor. I was like, oh, what does this I mean, mean? What does this two plane tickets mean? Yeah, you, no, you got to pay, you got to pay for two bits of travel. And if there's, if they're in a match, that's four bits of travel. Okay, see, yeah, I thought that was going to be a metaphor. No. <laughs> I was no, ready for some very interesting piece of, like, wrestling <laughs> philosophy. I was like, all right, I'm going to learn something new right now. Nope. Okay. Uh, Alex Kirkman said, apologies if I've missed this, but have you both seen the Jericho Broken Skull session? What did you guys think? I still haven't watched it, you know. I watched half of it, and then I had to do something else, and I never came back. Yeah. I haven't I haven't seen it, but I haven't like caught up on a lot of like network stuff in a long ass time. Since the move to Peacock. Oh I, well, we still got the network here. So we oh, don't have Peacock. Sorry, I forgot. We, yeah, yeah. We still have the network here. I just don't like I don't have time to watch any of the others like stuff that they put out. Like I literally just watch the pay-per-views on a monthly basis and whatever retro pay-per-view I've got to review for Patreon. No, for me it's the opposite. Ever since they moved to Peacock, I don't watch anything on the net wall. Nothing on their on-demand. <laughs> I don't know what what I call it. It's not the network no more. But I don't watch anything now. Like I, you know, I the stuff that I have been watching has been all the dark side of the ring stuff. I watched a couple of the A and E biographies. I haven't even seen all of those. Um, and then you know, obviously podcast stuff. But yeah, no, I just don't have time. There's no time. No. Uh, that Welsh guy said, this one's mainly for Denise this week. While listening to you and Sean on the Raw Post show, you kept using a phrase that I've never heard before. I'm hoping you could clarify it. What on earth is a sister wife? And why do they want all hell in a cell matches? <laughs> do you know what a sister wife is, Luke? I do not know what a sister wife what? is. What? You don't know what a sister wife is? No. Okay. So there's this show, and I don't watch it, but everybody knows like of it. And basically, it's called. Uh, I'm gonna Google it so I can give you the right information here. So it's called Sister Wives. It's a it's a reality show, and essentially, like it's um okay. So basically, like there's I think it's the Mormon religion that they allow like you know one man to essentially be married to like multiple women. Mm -hmm. So yeah. essentially, all of those women because they share the same husband, they become sister wives. 
okay. So, right, like, yeah, obviously, yeah. you know, there's drama that goes into all of that. You know, sometimes the husband may give a little bit more attention to one of the wives, so the other wife gets jealous. And I so see. I made, like, a joke about that because WWE is essentially the husband, and you have the <laughs> USA Network, and you have Fox, and they're the oh, sister wives. They're sharing right. WWE, and they're all, you know, they all have invested in this. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're sister wives, so that's why I made the joke of, like, oh, like, well, you know, the sister wives got upset and that's why they wanted you know that's why you got the the helena cell in um on raw because you had it on smackdown and so that was the thing that it was like a joke so it's based off the reality show sister wives although i've never seen the show but you just know of it it's just one of those like cultural things that everybody knows about like the sister wives it makes so much sense. It <laughs> yeah. makes so much sense. Like it is amazing that it's taken this long for that reality TV show to exist as well. Um, yeah. Mark Joan said, scenario-based question for you this week. With Drew McIntyre losing to Lashley this past Sunday, do you think it's possible that he could win money in the bank and then go on to cash it in? Maybe even on Roman turning heel in the process and turning Roman into a new baby face. And this was Drew McIntyre? Mm-hmm. See, I kind of hope he doesn't win money in the bank. I'm kind of hoping yeah. for somebody different. I yeah, I mean, so who have you got down to like win the last chance thing out of AJ Orton and See, Drew? I don't feel like it should be Drew McIntyre. And the reason for that is it doesn't go with him. It doesn't go with who he is with his character to essentially get into the money in the bank in this like, you know, through the back door, you can say. Like, I just don't feel like it fits who he is. And so I kind of prefer like AJ or Randy. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, it just doesn't feel like he already had, you know, multiple chances at the actual championship, had a chance to actually be in the match. So I'm like, you know what? This doesn't fit, Drew. I'm gonna go with somebody different because you don't want your baby face, your baby face guy essentially winning in this manner. At least that's my like thought process behind this. I am. Um... I, I agree with you. Also, we had a, um, a hyper chat in an ultra chat, sorry, on the Hell in a Cell review show that I really, really like. And I love this booking idea. And I'm not saying like if it doesn't happen, then, you know, it's, it's stupid and everything. But I really like this as a character beat. Bobby Lashley cost Drew the title and helped Miz cash in, right? I would love the idea of Drew helping whoever has the money in the bank contract to cash in on Bobby as the revenge for him losing the title back in February. And like, and he hasn't had the title since screwing him out at hell in a cell. And that way he can get his title shots again, because Lashley isn't the champion. He's able to challenge for the title. I think there's some really nice character work that could be done in there for Drew, for Bobby, for whoever wins the belt. I yeah, so I, I much would I would much rather Drew not to have the Money in the Bank briefcase and someone else to have it. Yeah, I like that too. I think there's obviously if they already ran with this whole you can't face Bobby Lashley for the title anymore, like might as well make it into something. And I think that would probably be a really good idea. Yeah. Uh, Flaming Live said, Luke, you like comic books. Everyone says the Batman can defeat anyone with enough planning, but do you think he could beat pop culture heroes like Pinhead, Jason, Freddy, Chucky, and Michael Myers? And if so, how do you think he would go about doing it? Question for you, Denise, if you weren't a wrestling podcaster, what do you think he'd be doing about now? Oh, I feel like, yeah, we get this question. I kind of want to be like a planner. I feel like mm -hmm. well, I could plan things like events. Like an event, an event planner. Oh, cool. Yeah, maybe not like weddings and stuff like that. I think more like you know, like concerts or something. I feel like I could plan a concert. 
Uh, and also, I think that Batman could quite easily defeat uh, all of those creatures because all of those pe- uh, creatures and monsters and everything like get killed by teenagers without all of the Batman skills. Like they are, you know, they are whether on their own or working together, can dispatch of Freddy, Jason, Chucky, Michael Myers, any Batman to do it. Batman, like Batman, of anything is like that is using a hammer when what you need is a spoon. Like that is. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Batman could easily dispatch of them. I I, I I appreciate your expert analysis, so I'm going to go ahead and say I agree because I feel like I know what you're... I feel like you know what you're talking about. Oh, man, like we're so close now because they're doing a lot of teasers for it. The Chucky TV series. I am so, so excited about that. Oh, I can't wait. It's like my, it's one of my favorite things in the world, the, the, the Child's Play series. And I love Don Mancini and he's one of the nicest guys I've ever interviewed. And I love the cast. Cannot wait for that TV show. Nice. I only saw one Child's Play and I don't remember which one it was. The one where the guy goes to like the army or to like the barracks or something. Child's Play, Child's Play 3. Thank you. Child's Play yeah. 3. Please, 3. That's what was, I thought. Uh, uh, one of the most controversial movies here in the United Kingdom. What? Um, Why? So there was a an awful, awful incident earlier in in the early nineties when two kids um, killed another young kid. There was this awful, awful, horrible story, and the police discovered that at some point in the lead up to this event, they had watched Child's Play three on video. So the media said, "Well, it's Child's Play 3's fault." That's the reason why they did it. And it became this huge, huge thing in the UK, like the you know, band this filth, all that sort of stuff. To the point when my uh my friend and I, when we were teenagers, we used to go to the video rental store on a Friday with his dad. And it was uh, you could get five films for five quid. I'm pretty sure that was the deal. And they were like like cheap as cheap as ass horror movies, right? And that's what we do. We would always go to the horror section and we would rent five, like we're like 13, 14 at this point. And the one instruction we were always given is you can rent whatever film you want, but you cannot get any of the child's play. You cannot get a Chucky movie. You can get whatever, anything else you want, but you cannot get those movies because she was deathly afraid that we would watch it and then we would go and then like do something terrible. That is insane. I wonder what scene it is that ins- that well, maybe perhaps inspired them. I don't think it's any of them. Like, I, I, I think it was just the media kind of latched onto something as a way to be like, what was the reason? You know, it's like, uh, oh, why did the Columbine thing happen to? Well, they were listening to Marilyn Manson CDs. It was probably that. Like, it's that kind of like looking for someone else to blame. Like that, that was basically what it came down to. I understand. Yeah, I used to have that movie on VHS. So we used to watch it all the time. And I didn't do anything. So there you go. We're all in the clear. You can watch Child's Play 3. Oh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I absolutely adore the Child's Play series now, but like it, it scared the willies out of me, like hearing all those stories and stuff and like her, like his mum and everything being like, you can't watch those films. It made this like big, big deal. So when I finally, we rented one in secret once. I remember like we rented Child's Play 2. Like we were like, just like, oh, we hid it like in the, so we handed like the stack of five videos to his dad and we put it in like the fourth position because like that way it's not on top, it's not on the bottom. He might not notice it and he didn't spot it. So we took it home and we watched it that night. We felt so bad. Like we felt so guilty because we watched it. The following day, his mum found out and went ballistic. <gasps> she went, she went ballistic that we'd watched it. Oh my God. Were you guys still allowed to like, were you grounded after that? Yeah, we were allowed, but like his dad had to be more stringent about like checking the movies that we were like renting. Right. And not even that, just making sure we didn't rent another Child's Play movie <laughs> it was essentially like what that it was. That is crazy. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, yeah. And now it's one of my favorite film franchises. Uh, Callum said, do you think they'll take the belt off of Kenny Omega soon with the amount of injuries he currently has at the moment? I think he could lose the title soon after the first show back on the road. But funny enough, so producer Rich, who does our live Raw and AEW reviews, said to us in the call today, they should put the title on Jungle Boy tonight. Oh, my God. No, yeah. I don't think so. No, I would be shocked. He's it's not time yet. No, it's not time yet. But yeah, it was like it was like put the belt on him. Like you may like just put the title on him now. No, I would be I would be in shock. Like I know, like I love Jungle Boy and all, but it's just not time yet. I still think that there's still, you know, obviously I get it. You know, he's hurting. We know that Kenny Omega's hurting and all of that, but I think that there's ways to like hopefully still keep the belt on him. Indeed. Uh, Handsome Dave said, Denise, what's your favorite food at Dodger Stadium? I just got tickets to see my beloved New York Metropolitans out here at the end of the summer. Would love a recommendation. All right. Here we go. <laughs> wait, where is he going? Is he wait, is he going here? He's going to Dodger Stadium? Or... Said, I just got tickets to see. Uh, yes. Yeah, favorite food at Dodger Stadium. I just got okay. tickets to see my beloved New York Metropolitans out here. Okay. So he's going to go see. Okay. 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 All right. So this is what you got to do. All right. Listen to me and listen to me. Good. Take notes. You got to go. And I'm pretty sure they still have this. I don't know how things have changed because of COVID, but you got to go to the all you can eat section. All right. It's I think it's the left field or the right field pavilion seats. One of those. No, it's left field. It's left field. Okay. And it's the all you can eat section. Now, I know a lot of people are like, oh, that's kind of gross. No, it's fabulous. You can get nachos. You can get hot dogs. You can get um, soda and peanuts and maybe one other thing that I don't remember what it is. Maybe popcorn, I think. I think they have popcorn, but whatever. You can eat all the hot dogs that you want, and they are so good. So I would – well, they did that. They did change the wiener, though, so I don't know how good they are now. But there was a I whole thing where they wieners. changed the wiener now for, for the I Dodger know. dogs. Oh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. a I'm a one wiener kind of guy. So I don't know how good the new wiener is, but you can definitely <laughs> check out the Dodger dogs in the all-you-can-eat section. And obviously, right. you have all the food that you can eat, right? And you can still go and, like – Let's say you want something else that's not in the all-you-can-eat area, then you can go and like you know get some food elsewhere. But it's good because you know baseball games are long, and you get you sometimes get a little bored if you're me at least. So you want to go eat a little bit. Do the yeah, all-you-can-eat section. And if you want the best wiener, bluechew.com forward slash fightful. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The best wiener. I should not have giggled at that. I'm I'm 35 years old. Um, <laughs> 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 anyway uh, the handsome dave continues uh luke as i understand it football matches are much uh, are much less casual with food uh to, and no drink but rather it's all scarves and songs uh who is your local team and what do you miss look forward to about going to their matches so we do have food at matches like if you go to a football match granted i will say i haven't been to a football game for 20 or 20 plus years at this point would be the last time that i went to a football game wait um, 20 plus years yeah it would have been the last time i went to a sports game would have been the, wait, wait, know, wait, wait, when you say football you mean soccer or what yes, do you mean? I mean actual actual football yes oh oh no no you can't well, say soccer, that soccer. here you can't say that here you're lucky that i'm not one of like those hardcore like football fans because like yeah yeah uh, you know it's just like oh our, our sport was invented second so we just took the name yeah it's a you great have no idea how seriously <laughs> these people here take their know, american like, football 
it's a it's a compelling argument. We stole the name and we think it's now ours. It's a it, it's hard to argue against. Anywho, um, so I haven't been for about twenty plus years, but when I did used to go, you used to be able to get drinks because like people have beers and stuff like that. Uh, but I would go there with a, a mug of Bovril, and you would then have um, a Scouse pie at halftime is what I would have when I used to go to Goodison Park to watch Everton. So yeah, that is that was my food choice when I would go there. A lovely little pie and a mug of, uh, and a little um, mug of Bovril. Delightful. I don't know what Bovril is and why would you get pie at a game? Well, because like it's so it's delicious. Also, it's Scouse, which is one of the best things in the world. And it's like wrapped up in pastry. So you can just have a little pie. It's delightful. But that's not game food, though. Of course it's game food. Like, no, what else are you going to have? Game have food is pie. like nachos, burgers, maybe not even, well, oh. yeah, burgers. Like yeah, but you can get chicken, burgers outside. Get burgers, from a, get burgers from a van outside. They'll cost you like a pound 50 and you're not actually sure if it's meat. But you could definitely go and get one of those. But if you're in the stadium, I would always get a pie. I just can't imagine getting a pie at a game. Uh, and to answer your question, Bovril, I'm just going to make sure that I say this correctly because I do want to get it. Do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah, it's yeast never... extract. What? It's yeast extract. It's yeast extract. So it's like Marmite or Vegemite and that kind of stuff. And it's just sort of like this sort of like beef uh, paste, basically. And you just put that into a cup with some hot water into that. And it makes basically like a cup of gravy. And it's excellent. It's really good to warm you up on a winter's day. So this is just a cup of gra- gravy that you're eating. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like beef bovril. With your pie. Like a... Yeah, with your pie. No, that is that, not game food. That no. is game food. That is what I would have when I was a, when I was a kid and when I was a young teenager. That is what I would have when I would go to football games. That is so crazy. No, I can't accept it. <laughs> I can't accept it. I'm telling you, like games, it's either nachos, hot dogs, some flower seeds. Flower seeds? Well, I'm not yeah. planting anything. I'm not. I'm not here to do some gardening, mate. I'm here to watch some sports. Yes, everybody eats those at games all the no. time. Yes, it's a thing. Nice pies, pies and bovril. Um, but uh, anyway, handsome Dave's final point to this is how does that differ at wrestling shows? At wrestling shows, I just drink beer. Like that is that I don't tend to eat anything when I'm at a wrestling show. I just drink the beer. All right. Well, it's the exact same thing at wrestling shows, <laughs> minus the flower seeds, because I don't think they have them there. But what well, depends on what type of wrestling show you're going to. But if you're going to like the arenas, again, nachos, hot dogs, pretzels, <laughs> little little tiny pizzas, like that's the yeah. I, I can't I can't wrap my um, head around this. Just to uh, to clarify as well, because I think there's some uh, confusion in the chat. There needs to be some discussion about this. Uh, when I say pie, I don't mean like dessert pie, which I think is what you guys call like a pastry dish. So um, like what kind of pie are we talking? Like a pot pie? Like, it, no, yeah, uh, well, there's pot pie meat. Like that would be what it is. Like scouse. So scouse is basically lamb, uh, carrots, sweet potato. And like a, no, and like see, a even then, sauce. like that's too much. Like I figured you were it's talking about some sort of pot pie. But no, no one does no, no. pot pies at games. Oh, you'd have like a meat pie, basically. You could go get beef and onion if you wanted, or a steak and ale pie, or a, a steak and kidney pie, and that just comes in like a gravy in its own right, or like you know, mince meat and stuff. And then you would have your cup of bovril on the side. You know, I was trying to convince my fiance to go to London and watch the Jets this year, <laughs> but he's like, we can't afford it, so we can't go. But and now I really want to go so he can try out some of this like food. Oh man! <laughs> and be I like, what pies. the hell is this? Pies are delicious. So, so good. Hey, did um, you know that uh, they announced dates for the UK uh, WWE? I did indeed. I saw going? that this morning. Yeah. Uh, 
Probably not. I mean, I haven't been to a WWE show in... Oh, come on, Luke. When was the last time I went to a WWE live event? You should go. It's I, a I mean, Am- Ambrose, was, Ambrose was there. I can tell you that much. Um, it was. Actually, I'll tell you, it was when Kurt Angle was GM. I think that was the last time oh, that me God. and Ollie went to... I think that was the last time Ollie and I went to a live show was when Kurt Angle was GM. And because Kurt Angle couldn't fly, um, they made Dean Ambrose the, G- the guest GM for the night. And mm. I think... And I think the main event was Ambrose and Miz. I think I want to say that was the main event. It wasn't very good. And they also had on that show Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe. And that match was bad. Real bad. Me and Ollie took a break during it because we were like, this is not working. And so we went and got our drinks during that match. and just did not work. Well, I think you should go. Yeah, eh, maybe. If they give us free tickets, I'll go. Uh, (laughs) Michael Morales said, uh, what's your guilty pleasure movie? Mine is Eight-Legged Freaks uh, with David Arquette or Jurassic Park 3. Do you have a guilty pleasure film? I have so many of them, but last night I was watching um, Rush Hour. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I was rewatching the first one and it was really good. I fell asleep (laughs) though and I missed the last five minutes, but I know how it ends. Um, But I don't know if it's my guilty pleasure movie. I think my guilty pleasure movie is Titanic. Is that a guilty pleasure? Like, so you don't want to like it? No. Oh, wait. I don't think I understood the question then. So, a guilty pleasure movie is a movie that you know is bad, but you love it. Oh, Rat Race. Oh, I love oh, Rat Race. Oh, man. What a shout. What yes, a shout. Rat Race Great is film. so good. Like, for Ends me. With Smash Mouth at the end. <laughs> okay. So, my favorite part. Okay. And I kid you not. My favorite part in any movie ever, the funniest thing in my entire life that I've seen in any movie ever happened in rat race okay and it's one simple line and i forget i think it's dan Aykroyd. is that his name dan Aykroyd? i think dan Aykroyd is in that film yeah okay him okay him the the dad and he's with the mom and he has the kids and they go to the barbie museum and all of that no 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 that's um oh no it's john lovitz john thank you who's dan Aykroyd? dan Aykroyd's in ghostbusters I why do dan i know dan Aykroyd? <laughs> Okay, whatever. I don't know where his name came from. But anyways, okay, so him. Okay, so John Lovitz. Okay, Mm -hmm. there's this moment in the movie where he goes, I don't want to work at Home Depot. (laughs) That one line, that one line kills me every (laughs) single time. Like, it is the funniest thing ever. I don't know why. It just makes me laugh like to no end. And so like, I love that movie. My fiance hates it. He never likes to watch it. And I'm like, dude, freaking rat race is awesome. That is such a good shout. Um, I'm going to uh, highlight this one here. Uh, Valib says Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And the only reason I want to highlight that is because I have a very interesting fact about that movie. Because I don't know if you know about this, Denise. I once wrote a book uh, about video game movies. Um, and I spoke to the uh, the producer of that movie who told me that film was released unfinished. Uh-huh. It was meant to have an entire other part of special effects and music and everything else there so they could tighten up the movie. And the decision was made, do you know what? It's going to make money regardless. People are going to see it. We don't need to bother. And do you know what? People turned out and the film made money. And the ending didn't matter? Yeah, well, I mean, it looks like it looks like us. It looks like complete butt, but like it, it made money. They just purposely released it unfinished. So is that your guilty pleasure movie? Oh no, the film's terrible. That film was absolutely garbage. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of like, I mean, a lot of like the Godzilla movies aren't good, but I absolutely like Son of Godzilla is not a great movie, but I 
absolutely adore it and it'd be one of the ones that like if i'm in the mood to watch a godzilla film that might be one of my go-to because like i don't have to like take it seriously i don't have to like really put some effort into it i could be like yeah this is goofy stuff nonsense for kids and i kind of love it for that nice i think that's a good one seems fair like a guilty pleasure movie oh speaking of which hold on because we've got more combat the Street Fighter movie, that film is me oh, good. I do, I do love it, though. I was forced to watch that movie, and I think I fell asleep. So I don't even think I'd give it another chance. Uh, Super Mario Brothers, I've got it here on Blu-ray and on DVD. Though, like That film as well is no good. I wrote, I wrote a book about video game movies once. Uh, that, those films are no good either, but I do absolutely love it, and I think it's a fascinating little film. Fantastic. See, we just watched totally different movies, though. I haven't seen most of the ones that you're talking about. When my uh, my wife was making, uh, not making me, when I was clearing out my uh, physical media stuff, because uh, my wife and I were trying to like save some space, I kept hold of the Calamari Wrestler. And my wife said, <laughs> she picked this up and she's like, what the hell is this? And I was like, yeah, Calamari Wrestler. That? Look, it's about a, a Calamari. It's a giant Calamari that's also a wrestler. What? Yeah, it's great. I'd never heard of that check it out it's really good i don't think i will <laughs> i don't think i will no I, i'll pass i'll take your word for it and i'll pass yeah, that's, that's probably wise uh chris said i was wondering with nikki cross now using a superhero gimmick how important do you think it is to evolve your character as a wrestler just as many top stars like roman seth alexa kenny and megan drew have done over the years to stay in the spotlight and stay fresh for me naomi is a prime example of someone who does need a revamp I think I don't know if Naomi needs a revamp. I think for her, it was just more of like they never really I don't know. I feel like they never really gave her character a chance because I feel like she's somebody that she has like such a dedicated fan base. And I feel like they haven't utilized that. Mm -hmm. But I do yeah, think I, that when yeah. it comes to care, like people's personas and all of that, I do think that like once if you've done something for such a long time and then you're just not creatively fulfilled and like maybe the fans aren't reacting to it as much anymore, I definitely think you should think about like reinventing yourself. That's that's the key to it is it's when it gets to a point where it's no longer working. Like if it's still working, then absolutely carry on with it. Like you don't need that revamp. But I think like to Chris's point there, Naomi is someone at the moment excuse me, who, because they've done nothing with for so long, she just now feels like part of the furniture. Like, she doesn't feel like any... Like, she had a match on Raw this week, and I didn't care. And that's a shame, because, like, when Naomi came back a couple of years ago at the Rumble, I was like, this is the best. Finally, Naomi's back. We're good. But then we've had 18-plus months of nothing, so now I'm not excited about her being on TV. So, like, that is a case of, had you run with it when it was first got, when it first top? We probably wouldn't be sat here talking about like, man, Naomi needs a revamp of character. But because she's essentially just been off TV for effectively, she's been in a tag team with Lana that was going nowhere. That she probably does need a new coat of paint, maybe. Yeah, no, I mean, she definitely has all the, the colors because she comes in all bright. So when you said coat of paint, I was like, dude, she's got all the neon colors. Like, I'm sorry, but that's very exciting. So, like, I like that. I like all the neon stuff. I mean, I don't want to see oh, her yeah. as a superhero or anything totally. like that. No, and it could, and it totally should have worked. And it mm -hmm. did work for a long time. But, like, because of WWE's ineptitude, I'm now sat here thinking, like, well, that needs a, she needs a new coat of paint. When actually, really, she doesn't. She is actually completely fine. That character totally works, but the character has been doing nothing for two years. So now it's just like, yeah, yeah, I guess that one's done. Yeah, I think so too. And it's, well, it's like if they were to even do something new with her, it's like 
would they even utilize like would they even take advantage of that yeah uh, and lastly, Joshua says, with the arrival of the Diamond Mine on this week's NXT going after Kushida and the Cruiserweight title, do you think you could turn Hit Row into a tweener faction and have Scott face strong for the title? Do you think that's a good idea? Or should uh, Scott be aiming higher like the NXT championship? I feel Hit Row has been very boring since their debut. After their debut, it's gone downhill for me where I've completely lost interest in Hit Row. So I don't care what they do with them as long as it's interesting. And yeah, like Hit, Row, Hit Row, I said, was like, this is the greatest gimmick in WWE when they debuted because I thought they were so baller. I thought it was so rad. But it hasn't quite caught fire um, sort of since that debut, which I think is a real shame. I don't think it's anything on the talent in that ring either. Like, it's got nothing to do with them as people. I just think they have yet to really get that storyline. Like, that's oh. what they need right now. Yeah, I haven't been impressed with the in-ring stuff either. So, <laughs> <laughs> so hard um, ass for me. Uh, and Joshua also asks uh, how mine and Ollie's friendship survived after the great no rolls bar drama this week. I don't know if you've seen this week. No, uh, what no happened? Oh, so uh, we play a game called Blood on the Clock Tower where you get given roles and you have to try and find out who is evil and who is good. And the characters that Ollie and I played this week were the evil twins. So I was the evil twin and Ollie was my good twin. I knew that Ollie was my good twin. He knew that I was his evil twin, but nobody else knows that. So essentially, I'm just spending the whole game being like, no, I'm the good twin. I'm the, He's the evil twin, and he's the one who's trying to kill everyone. I'm the good twin that's trying to save everyone. And we, we basically just shouted at each other for the entire game because he knew that I was the evil twin, and I, was, and I pretty much convinced everyone that I was the good twin. And what happened in the end? So, I mean, I don't want to give spoilers away for the oh, end of the okay. game. okay because it's a really really fun game um but yeah suffice to say people trusted me oh wow so that's not fair i feel like that was like you're like naturally really likable so as abe so you you fell into the row properly wow so never trust never trust you as i said what a lot of people said when we were going into like private chats they were like you're such a nice guy that like i just want to inherently trust you and i was like well don't don't just rely on that like you know just like yeah. trust you know the, the information that i'm giving you as well i'm also giving you good information uh it was real fun it was real fun but it was stressful man real stressful i do not like to be part of the bad team um <laughs> and our last question here comes in from richard who said whether the writers should or shouldn't know about wrestling they definitely need to know the greatest quote ever expressing yourself and putting pieces of yourself to make something great and magical from Denise hey. Salcedo. I was gonna say I've heard that before. God, sixteen-year-old Denise Brain. Um, and like, yeah, that was your was it your yearbook quote or something? It was my yearbook quote. <laughs> I was in the drama club. I was like in every club that you can think of, but one of them was the drama club, and I, I missed the actual like drama club class picture. I don't know why, but I missed it. So then they did like my own little like, let's get a quick picture of you, and I didn't even know they just came up to me and they were like, "Why do you like being in drama club?" And I gave them my quote. And, like a couple <laughs> weeks later, it was in the yearbook, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm in the yearbook, yay." <laughs> Expressing yourself and putting pieces of yourself to make something <laughs> great. And turn that into a blue chew joke. <laughs> I was like, that's not what I meant when I said pieces of yourself. <laughs> like looking oh, back sure. at that quote, I'm like, that was such a stupid quote. That was just this bad quote. Did you say stupid? You no, I didn't. Fine. Oh, what did okay. You say? I said stupid. <laughs> yeah, stupid's fine. <laughs> I was going to lie to you and tell you I didn't say anything. <laughs> I was going to say you heard wrong. Um. I so we didn't have so yearbooks aren't a thing really in the UK at least they weren't when I was in school. Yeah, you oh just end the year God. and then that's it. You end Wait, the year and then you just what? 
yeah, you just end the year and you move on to the next year. Like that's you've never done in a yearbook. Well, because by the time I was leaving school, um, uh, culture had started to become quite Americanized. So there were like a group of people that wanted. We went. They were influenced by like movies and TV shows, and they would mention like yearbook club and this sort of stuff. So they wanted to make a yearbook basically for like all of us and I, like our the final year I was at school, so which had been two thousand four. Um, and so I, there's there was one picture of me in there, um, and uh, I don't I don't think it was pretty much just like from the shoulder up as well. It was from someone else's birthday party, and I my award was this shows you at the time most likely to join the darkness. What? So the darkness were like this, um, like pop rock bands uh, at the time. We had a big oh. hit called um, "I Believe in a Thing Called Love," and I had long hair at the time. So that was the, what I got. Was most likely to join the darkness, and that was pretty much the only things I can tell you about. Are uh, yeah, I don't even think I've got it. I don't even think I've got anything of it. But they didn't even include your class picture in those yearbooks. You should have at least uh, two pictures, shouldn't you? No, no, there was no. They didn't put you class. like every student's picture in like alpha, no. like in alphabetical order. order? No, we didn't have like school. Like we didn't have a picture day or anything like that. It was basically just like we a collage. We didn't have of picture pictures. day. We'd have, we'd have picture days, but like only up until about year nine, eight or nine, and then we stopped doing it. So I haven't. I didn't have any like school. Wait, so like me. you didn't have you didn't have picture day like kindergarten, first grade, and all of that? Yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah, up until a certain point, up until I was about like fourteen, maybe, and then we didn't. They, they don't think we'd ever did them after that. And you guys are like, oh, they're ugly now, so we're not going to take their picture. <laughs> Man, have you seen that kid? I ain't putting him in front of the camera. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, can you guess what I got most voted for? In uh, this is my eighth grade yearbook. Okay, so what year is this? Uh, this is uh, eighth grade. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, need, I need a year of context. I need a year for context. Uh, well, it's kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. No, fifth grade. what year? Like, was it two thousand four? I don't know. Let me see. I graduated in 2014, which means I was a freshman in 2010, which means this was probably 2008, 2009. Okay, so 2008, 2009. What was popular? Man, I have no idea. I was like uh, 12, 13, maybe. Most likely to. No, it's not a most likely. It's like a most oh. this, like a most, most that. Uh, most goth. Goth? <laughs> goth? <laughs> I was like, maybe this is part of your life that I didn't know where you were this big goth. Yeah, I definitely did not go through a goth phase. I was voted more, most talkative in eighth grade. <laughs> I should have known. I was going to say most chatty. That was going to be my... <laughs> I got voted most talkative and I was like, what? I don't even talk to nobody. Why did they vote me most talkative? I was so pissed too. But then afterwards, <laughs> I was like, well, at least I guess I made the yearbook. So I was in the yearbook all the time because I was like in different clubs and stuff. You, okay, so here's a funny story. So I'm actually in my high school yearbook with one of my ex-boyfriends. And my fiance really? saw it and he was like, this is your ex-boyfriend? And I was like, yeah. But I oh, love yeah? the picture because I look great in that photo. My hair is all in all the right places. So I'm like, I like to show off that picture. And I'm and he's all like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And I'm yeah. like, sorry that we made the we made the yearbook. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot there. Was he more attractive than your current, than your current partner? No, he, definitely Was he more attractive not. than your fiance? No, definitely. He was not you, that you cute, actually. That's the you, problem. You can tell us. You're amongst friends. No, you can tell us. He was not that cute, which is why it's embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. Like, you've never dated somebody ugly, and you're like, shoot, I shouldn't have dated this ugly person. I'm all pretty my- sure that's what, all my, that's what all my ex-girlfriends <laughs> said about me. Okay, well, that's what I say about most of my ex-boyfriends, especially in high school. They were hideous, okay? Like, what was I thinking? They were gross. They didn't even look like they showered. Oh, my God. Brandy just said loose being Howard Stern. Yeah, you are. You 
totally are. You just oh. asked me a Howard Stern question. I'm getting married to the man. And you were like, is your ex-boyfriend hotter? than?" <laughs> but I was literally loving that picture because I look really good. Like I have this great haircut and I'm like skinny in the photo. So I was like, oh, this is like, I was hot right there. And so like, that's why I brag about it. It's my only bragging point from like <laughs> high school days. No, but that guy, that guy ended up getting with this girl that he said he did not like. Like he told me because there was this other girl who liked my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, well, you're my boyfriend, right? So there's a little bit of drama there. So he, I asked him, like, do you like her? And he was like, no, she's hideous. Well, we broke up and he ended up knocking this girl up and she got pregnant. Okay? <laughs> oh, wow. So you know what? I saved it myself because if not, I would have been pregos by then. <laughs> Like this was high school drama, okay? But this guy also ended up being my first date, Luke. And guess what? He made me pay. I paid no. on my first date ever with no. a guy. I paid. And this is why I'm a feminist now. See, it all happened <laughs> in childhood. I paid for our first date because this guy was broke, okay? And my mom, she was like, Denise, if you ever go out with a guy, make sure he has a job, make sure he has a car, and then he's respectful. Okay, well, this guy did not have a job. We walked to the movie theaters, and he was not necessarily all that respectful. (laughs) (sighs) And he wasn't that cute either. And he Um, wasn't that cute either, okay? He ended up getting, like, really, like, not, not cute afterwards. Because oh especially oh after man. high school, he he didn't. And then my friends would make fun of me. They were like, I can't believe you dated that guy. And I was like, shut up. He was he was good looking when I dated him. He's not anymore. OK. <laughs> um, so uh, our under school traditions, basically, like when we left school, like. Uh, so our, um, oh, Luke, you're frozen. It was because we wore school uniforms. Um, so like that was basically like you took in a mark. Oh, man, is it me and my uh, my back and my hair? Yeah, you're here now. Okay, you were speaking about your school and your wardrobe. Yeah. So, yeah. So, our end of school thing is that we all wore school uniform. So, you would get, like, uh, you would take a marker in with you, and then people would sign your shirt and, like, leave you a message or something like that on your shirt. And uh, the first person that signed something on mine will tell you how popular I was at school, wrote in big block capitals, I love wanking. And that (laughs) that is what I had on my shirt. Who wrote that? I can't remember who it was. I just remember like someone said like, oh, I'll sign your shirt. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Thanks so much. And that's what I wrote in big block capitals. And that was like, uh, and there was no getting around that. Then I just walked around the whole day with that written on my back. Oh, my God. I just can't believe that you guys didn't have earbuds. Like it, it it was fun to like go around and get your friends to write in it and get sweet messages. And, and like now I read that. I'm like, I don't even know who this person was. But okay, <laughs> great. We were friends back then. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we've got two other messages we've come through now. The first thing is from Josh. He said, hi, guys. Hopefully I get this in time. I just need to say thank you again for all that you have done uh, for my dad. Uh, my dad's been diagnosed with dementia. So it's been a really hard time with everything going on lately. Love you all. Josh, that sucks so much. Uh, yeah, and I, I, that, that's really harsh, man. Like, But hope everything is good with you and everything is, is good with your family. Like, It's awful news. Uh, and lastly, Jay Gabriel says, Nuke, I just have to say something. Being an avid wrestling fan, it should be the bare minimum to be a writer. Being a Hollywood writer is just a bonus. It's like a mechanic not knowing how a car works but trying to fix your car love you all juan gabriel i think that's a pretty good point
We actually have an email, Denise, that I've been meaning to read out for quite some time now. But it keeps, really, like, yeah, it keeps getting sort of like bumped because sometimes you and I don't have time to do the podcast intro and outro, and then there's been times where we've just gone off the rails chatting, and then I keep forgetting. So I'm finally going to answer this question now. It comes in from Dale. And it says, uh, hi, both. I uh, hope you're all having a great, appropriate time of the day. Luke says Twitter and Amazon the same as you do, Denise. I'm sorry, you're fighting the wrong hill here. I can never watch the shows live, so I only ever get to send emails to get in touch. But I got a new job recently, so I can become a pledge hammer soon with that increased dollar amount. Stay, uh, stay safe. Jam that jam. That's from Dale. That is very sweet, but Dale is wrong because I had people <laughs> DM me on Instagram and they were like, oh, yeah, Luke does say Twitter weird. <laughs> I don't swear we say it the same way. I've had people that hit me up on DMs and they're like, oh yeah, like this, this and that. And I'm like, see, I knew I was right. Yeah, well, they're wrong because I don't. Um, anyway, so you uh, you got a day of cleaning tomorrow, I believe. You're going to go buy yourself a vacuum cleaner. But then Sunday is a, a, a rare day off for Denise Salcedo. It is. And I very much needed it this week because this week was kind of like I woke up. It was Monday and like I blinked and it's Friday. And I'm like, what the hell happened in between all of those other days? Um, so, yeah, I'm excited because, well, Saturday I'm going to clean in my house and then watch AEW. So that's kind of still a work day. So it doesn't really count as a day off. And then Sunday, I officially have a day off. I'm going to the beach with my friend. And I'm very excited because we've been planning this beach day for like three months now. And we finally got around to it because she has a busy schedule. I have a busy schedule. So just trying to get together is like, you know, all sorts of messy, but we finally oh, did yeah. it. We were actually supposed to do a road trip, but I ruined it. Well, AEW ruined it by preempting their show to Saturday. And I was like, Dude, I was going to take a road trip this weekend, so I had to cancel that, and we ended up just doing planning a beach day. So AW did kind of ruin my plans a little bit for this weekend, but it's okay. We made it work. I'll message Tony Khan after the show and tell him that you ruined your, he ruined your weekend. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because that's not cool. Um, <laughs> oh, but I totally get what you mean. It's like I went to go see my friends last weekend. Um, the four of us got together for the first time in two years. The four wow. of us actually got together. Um, this is like my old like um, workmates that I worked at a job about 10 or so years ago. And we we call it the our movie marathon club because we would get together like once a month before like we all got married and stuff and we would like pick a film franchise and we would just watch that film franchise back to back throughout that day oh so that's a really like nice thing well so we do like all 12 halloween movies all seven and nine renown street movies um we did the, the worst one we did was we did 15 godzilla movies back to back it took us oh. over 24 hours and it was n- end up not being a fun time because we were just really tired and grumpy by the end of it um picking shorter ones was a much more fun thing yeah 15 films yeah oh my god yeah that sounds like a lot of work yeah well it was work i, I slept through, i slept through some of them when it got to like 6 a.m i was like i need to fall asleep for one of these films um but yeah so like we got together and it was the first time we'd all been together in over two years and we were had our table at the pub booked from two until seven and we went outside for a brief moment to get some fresh air and i suddenly looked up and i was like huh the street lights are on. That's weird because they usually come on until about half past eight. Looked at my watch. It was half past eight in the evening. We'd been there for like hours on end. And then we stayed for another couple of hours. I didn't get home until half past 11. It was what? nuts. Like I, I was out like the You're whole You're a party day. animal. I was a party animal. And um, But at the end of it, we were like trying to arrange, when are we going to get together next? And Denise, it's basically next year. Is the Why? only time it's the only time all four of us can like arrange stuff together because like 
uh, Chris has got stuff on. Dave's got two kids. John's got stuff going on. I've got stuff going on. Like we just couldn't arrange like a weekend where we could do all do this. But do so they live far m- from you? Oh yeah, we're all quite disparate around like oh, the I southeast. See. So like, like even to go see them at the pub, I had to drive for an hour and a half to get to the pub to go and see them. That makes sense. Um, so what we may do is our new thing is we're going to have we're only ever going to get together once a year but we're going to have one day in the diary and every year that's the day that we get together because at least then it's a consistent thing. Well, I hope you guys stick to it because that's like a pretty awesome thing to like look forward to. And I feel like not a lot of us, like we get so wrapped up in our own lives that we don't even get to do these types of fun things anymore. So I'm rooting for you guys. (laughs) Thanks bud. Um, Yeah. uh, I don't think I've actually got much on this uh, weekend. Actually, oh, I'm going to the pub tomorrow with some friends of mine, uh, some other friends of mine. So that's hey, you're nice. very social. You have so many friends. I have like four oh, yeah. friends. Yeah, well, I mean, those three friends, those were the three friends that I had. But it was marrying my wife, who's got a buttload of friends. And now those friends have become my friends. So I've basically just stolen her friends. Well, that's not fair. That is seriously, <laughs> that is not fair. I have four friends. My fiance has like two friends. And then that's like literally it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's funny because like, so my uh, my friend Adam texted me and was like, "Hey, do you want to go to the pub on Saturday?" Like me and Tom, and then I told this to uh, to Kate, and I was like, "Oh, me and Adam are going to go to the pub." And she was like, "What? Why did you get to go invited to the pub? Why didn't I get invited to go to the pub?" And I was like, "Because it's just the three of us that are going." So she takes Adam, she takes Adam's wife and me, and like, "Why are our husbands all hanging out? Why shouldn't? Why, surely we should be hanging out as well?" So they've arranged their own little day out now. Oh, uh, see, that's sweet. Oh man, I'm jealous of all of you guys. You guys got social lives. It's great. I know. Yeah, but also Denise, I kind of like one of the things I've enjoyed about this lockdown period is I didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't have to arrange like all these things. Oh, social come days. on. Wait, so now okay, did the lockdown make you want to stay home more often or did the lockdown make you want to go out more often? Stay home. I really enjoyed it because like the my favorite person in this world is my wife, and I just got to hang out with her all the friggin' time. So it was awesome. That was okay, like so yeah, it was great I feel evil. I want to go out. Like, I just want to go places all the time, all the time. Yeah, I think my wife would have a different answer. Like, I think she wanted to go on holiday and things like that. And I was like, no, let's just stay here. Staying here is great. <laughs> she was like, no, I want to go on a holiday. Yeah, she's like, I want to go on holiday. I want to go sit on a beach. I want to go and like swim in a pool and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, or we could just stay here. And we could just watch Friends again if you want. No, go to the beach. Go lay by the pool. I mean, when you go to the beach, are you a an active like going into the water? Or are you yeah. just like laying on the beach? Are you a reader? No, I do both. I go in the water, I splash around, I get insanely wet, and then I come back, and then I read, and then I go back into the water, and then I come back out, and I do something. I eat, then I go back in. I'm those people that go in. I like to like boogie board. I think that's what it's called. It's like you go on the little board and you wait for the wave to come, and when the wave comes, you jump on the board so it like washes you back into the sand it's really fun and i that's the only thing i dare do because i'm too i don't know how to surf and i i I, I know how to swim but i'm too scared to swim in the ocean so like that's the bravest thing i can do there why are you scared to swim in the ocean because the ocean always wins always (laughs) the ocean always wins ocean always wins yes it does like i could be swimming and you just never know what can happen and i'll just be like whoosh 
that's it. Why wasn't that your inspirational quote that was in yearbook? It was just like <laughs> a warning to everyone. Always wins. Ocean always wins. <laughs> no, it's true. And I actually got that from my grandma because like I like I've always been afraid of like large bodies of water. Like that's always been my fear, which is really weird because I'm willing to go into the ocean, but I'm terrified of the ocean, but I'm willing to go in. But here's the thing though, is that what scares me is the waves. So I could handle a certain amount of like a height of a wave, but once it gets extra taller, I can't even be near the area because it just freaks me out. But if the waves are little, it's fine. Well, anyway, so like my grandma would tell me like, you know, you, you she doesn't she didn't she wasn't a fan of me going into the water, you know, at the beach. Like she was like, oh, my God, please be careful. This and that. She's and that. She's all because the ocean always wins. And I started thinking about that. And I was like, she's right. The ocean always wins. <laughs> I am. Um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a reader on the beach. Like I would just sit there and I would just read all day long. Um, because if I go swimming, like I, I don't mind waves and stuff like that. But what I really like is still water. Like when we were in oh, Canada yeah. and like swimming in glacial lakes, that was awesome. Like that's lush. But um, yeah, like I, that's what I like, the peacefulness of that, where you're just like surrounded by mountains, surrounded by nature. And it's just like it's just like you and like two other people or something. And it's just really nice and peaceful and quiet. That sounds beautiful. Sounds like serenity. Exactly. Whereas on your beach, you've just got know, kids running around, boogie boarders going past you, waves like <laughs> crashing into you and whatnot. You're going to be at the beach, you're just going to see me like passing by, like, woo, <laughs> splashing everybody in all the directions. Splashing water on my book and stuff. I'm like, fucking yeah. enemies. Yeah, seriously. And then, like, um, yeah, and then you get sand everywhere and it takes oh, like I hate three it. days oh, off God. to take it off. Yeah, it's I don't want to come across as I don't want to come across as Anakin Skywalker here, but I hate sand. Absolutely hate sand so much. The worst. It does. It's and you always feel sticky afterwards. Uh, it's kind of gross, no, but awful. I do it once a year. Like once a year, I go to the beach. Like people think here that like oh, because you live in California, you must go to the beach all the time. No, I go once a year in the summer, and that's it. I never go back until the next year. I'm gonna yeah. I mean, have you ever been stung by a jellyfish? No, never. Yeah, I have. I got stung by a jellyfish in Thailand, and it stings, man. Like, oh my gosh, stings. everything happened to you when you went to Thailand. <laughs> I know, right? I got engaged, my wife got poisoned, I got stung by a jellyfish. It was great. <laughs> Fantastic vacation. Uh, but anyway, let's draw this to a close. Um, I hope you have a really nice weekend, Denise. I hope you Thank have a you. lovely, lovely time at the beach. Um, and I hope everyone else has a lovely weekend as well. We've got a busy schedule on the podcast next week because the AEW review returns because AEW are now back on Wednesday nights where they bloody belong and I can watch the show again properly. So Ollie and I will be reviewing that on Thursday. We'll also have the usual Raw NXT Smackdown reviews. Uh, but until then, take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.